Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host as ever, Guy Drinkle, and joining me as usually, uh, usually is Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Been, I think it's been a couple of pods now, hasn't it? You missed the you missed the preview. It is, you know. Unfortunately, it was a bit under the weather that day, um, but luckily Stu stepped in with all his comic book knowledge, and and it was a great show. Actually, it was funny listening from the other end of the. <laughs> side and and you know you you guys did a great job previewing the game and, and helped hype me even further but i'm glad <laughs> to be back now to to uh for the all-important review you you got well maybe maybe it's about maybe you got the hard job or maybe you got the geezy job let's let's get in with then shall we so um as ever we'll start with the news get that out of the way shall we but uh, don't worry lads and ladies, this is the Spider-Man review, but we're going to get the news out of the way because it has been probably the best part of a month, I think. Um, so, news. Sony announced um, that they're finally, finally caving into the overwhelming pressure, and I think it was Fortnite that pushed it over the edge, that they're finally going to introduce cross-play. We've mentioned it on literally 90% of our pods, Carl. What are your thoughts on Sony finally adding it? I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, really. I mean, we all knew, despite Sony's defiance and all, you know, what was that comment that that was like, oh, so, uh, PlayStation's the best place to play, you know, and that was kind of the reaction, a bit of arrogance, but y- you just kind of knew. I mean, look, it, the two things we've probably spent the most time talking about on this pod, despite the fact Neither of us are pro- well. Obviously, we both wanted, of course, uh, crossplay. I think everyone wants crossplay, but I mean, they're they're not our greatest passions. But this, that mm. says it all that that crossplay and Fortnite have, have been the two most frequent um, topics on this podcast. And I mean, it, that just shows. Like, I I've thought that in recent weeks, I noticed that like Eurogamer, which is probably my favorite site to go to mm-hmm. for news, which is probably apparent every week when we're doing the news and I'm, I'm quoting stories from them, but they actually have a Fortnite section on their site now, like, which just shows, I don't think I've ever noticed them having a dedicated 
section for one particular game like and that just shows that the push and power that that Fortnite has and you know we we knew obviously epic have been pushing behind the scenes for this i think they they even we rewind to a long time ago when they act well they supposedly accidentally hit the switch to allow um cross play and there was an afternoon where playstation and xbox players are playing yeah. together like i i think that was probably intentional you know and, and did it all along so i i just honestly think it was a no-brainer and i think it's no surprise that fortnite was the the straw that broke the the camel's back what, what do you think yourself guy um yeah i think as you as you've been hinting towards it's been inevitable because i think the pressure it's been mounting from from certain games companies. I think Bethesda's been one of the big spokesperson, but I think the juggernaut that is um, Fortnite is probably the one that's tipped the scales. Because if if you if if you get on the bad side of Epic Games at the minute, you're on the bad side of the entire games gaming stratosphere. Um, it, they they just well, we don't know when this battle royale game's going to die, but <laughs> at this stage, I don't think it ever is. Um, but it's such a powerhouse in gaming. I mean, I think probably the biggest franchises now, probably Call of Duty, your, your GTAs, and Fortnite's are definitely up there. If we're well, whether it's unfortunate or not, if you're doing a a gaming Mount Rushmore, you're gonna have to put a big a big fat Fortnite character's face on there, aren't you? At the at the minute, so that's the power that game has. And Sony, who are the biggest thing in gaming, even, I, I have to admit that as an Xbox fan, but Sony. As powerful as Sony are in the games company, the the, the gaming the game designers always win, don't they? Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, you you want to keep the the best developers and and publishers on side, and I think Sony just had to do that. It's not just like Fortnite is obviously the star, but you know you'd assume soon after um, Rocket League and and Minecraft will probably mm-hmm. follow suit because they're already cross-platform across switch and xbox and and you do wonder as you mentioned um which was a fair point actually i, I hadn't even thought of that that uh, bethesda have have spoken out on it so, so you wonder what what is the future now that all the platforms are cross-platform on the free-to-play kind of smaller games um not small as in their user base but smaller as in price and mm-hmm. that kind of thing um you wonder will it come to AAA now could could fallout 76 be cross play across all platforms um, I, think, I think they've said it's not going to be at launch because um, I doubt well no, I don't think they expected Sony to do it this early on but because of the way 76 is an online game I'm, I'm sure I'm not I'm not sure if it's as simple as flicking a switch but I imagine it, they could easily get the infrastructure ready for for such a big yeah. fan base now I'd I God I'd I'd fear if if Fallout 76 was cross-platform, uh, you know, at, at launch. I mean, Fallout games are infamously buggy when they first mm-hmm. launch, and that and that single-player Fallout games. So I can imagine what an online game is. Right? A big bug at the start, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So I think I think maybe maybe a baby steps, but you know, it'd be interesting if maybe six months down the line, if if it was cross-platform and. You know, maybe eventually if we're seeing Call of Duties being cross-platform, Red Dead 2, of course, the, the online, could yeah. that eventually be cross-platform? I mean, it, it's it's very interesting to, to think what the, you know, how these boundaries are, are being broken down now that, that Sony have finally, you know, let the drawbridge down. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
to, I think I think we've got a lot more to, to come when it comes to to cross platform. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're getting onto the stage where it's we're near next gen, aren't we? So it might be it might be a bigger thing in next gen. But if if Fortnite's the one that kicked off this this uh, open, as you said, lowering lowering of the drawbridge. Um, I think it's I think it's a good start, and then maybe the next gen you, you can just see the big the big gaming universe that it is really, and you've still got your exclusives and stuffs, but breaking them barriers of games that everyone plays, I think that's a, I think that's only a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it's it's um it it is the it is honestly the the way forward. I, I don't think the whole thing of all. You know, all oh, your you have to have the same console as as your friends. You know, I just don't think that's plausible anymore, especially with the because of like games like Fortnite and and Rocket League and Minecraft and the like with the younger crowd. I mean, if if you want to keep you know the the parents especially on side that they don't have to be pushed out to go get another console and this kind of thing. I mean, I think it is the the best way forward to to keep everyone happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best way of putting it. But um, a bit more news from Sony. Um, probably not as big as um, this one, uh, as the previous one, but they've announced a mini PS1. How excited for this are you, Carl? Ah, oh, no, I, I love these kind of things. I mean, I, I have the... the um, I was gutted when I missed out on the original run of the NES Classic. I, I got it second time around. I got the SNES Classic, you know, so I even buy those terrible, which which will probably come to soon anyway the the um Sega they they licensed out to to at games and they're they're god awful but but you buy them just in the hope that that they'll be okay um you know so th- this is right up my alley and I thought it was funny when you know the NES classic first came out and did so well and people talked kind of speculated on a, a PlayStation they're like oh Sony would never do it but it'd be so much fun and I thought like, why wouldn't they do it? Like, you know, if it's going to print money. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. And, and um, you know, it, it is interesting. The library, I mean, you can never really, I don't think you can pick a perfect 20 games on, on PlayStation. And, you know, a lot of the b- bigger games would have been third party. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what they come up with. But so far, so good. I mean, Final Fantasy VII, which, of, of course, is, is one of the... Uh, infamous games when it comes to that console and and uh wild arms which is a personal favorite of mine and came up when we were discussing my favorite games so you know i'm i'm happy with those two to start and you know surely metal gear solid has to be on it like um for for sure like the, there's a few few other kind of games i'm, I'm hemming and hawing you know? so did what, what do you think guys is this something that would interest you and any any games any games that might make or break it for you? I'm trying to think back to what I played on PS1 because I think I imagine most people that similar ages to us is it, PS1 was probably their first big console. I know people had the Nintendos and stuff there, but Sony was the first for me. Um, or PlayStation One was the first one for me, I should say. But um, yeah, I'm I haven't really looked at what games. I know they've announced Final Fantasy VII. But I think that they've also announced that's getting like a remastered, the remastered version or what, whatever version of the remastered version that, is coming that to games, Xbox. That game's <laughs> never coming out. No, but there's like, you know? the, there's the, there's the HD remake, isn't there? And then there's the remaster one that's like stuff of legend that's been shown for three seconds. So I think that's coming to Xbox, the one that's already out. So I'm not. Oh, sure. the, is it, is it the, um, 
uh, it basically it's the yeah no the the, the the it was the Android version re- originally yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah no that that's um I didn't know that was coming to Xbox I know it's coming to Switch so yeah, it makes sense that's that it's when coming to Xbox it, as yeah, well the, I think I think it was seven eight nine ten definitely I think. Uh, I think it's um if it's the same ones that for Switch, I think it's seven, nine, ten and ten to two H D and uh twelve. Yeah, I'll be getting oh well I'll get I'll get seven and nine, put it that way. But uh, um anyway, on on the on this mini PS one, yeah, uh, I'll if it's cheap and it's not like the Nintendo where it's impossible to get after a day, uh, it might be something that interests me because just I may not remember all these games by name, but I'm sure I could remember some of the games that'll be on it if I played them. Um, I don't think it's Crash Bandicoot and Spiral, which is probably a big part of my childhood. Uh, I think, I think, I think, no, I I think, I I do think, I I know, I get where you're coming from, but I do think despite, because I think Spiral, I don't think so, because, you know, the, the Spiral game will be coming out around the same time. But, um, I think Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy, has been out kind of long enough. That I think Activision might be willing to play ball with at least one uh, crash title, and um, personally, I think Dwarf. <laughs> uh, no, because I think they can milk a re-release of that with how how much of a cult yeah, classic yes, it is. They but could. <laughs> so I'd be buying that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so many people would like, but uh, no, I, th- I think Crash Bandicoot Warped could could definitely show up on it, especially yeah. with with it, if they're looking to bring out a new Crash Bandicoot before long, which is the rumor. Um, so I think that's there. I'm just gonna have a look at the lineup here now because for some reason I can only remember the the two games, probably because <laughs> they're the two I care about the most. Um, I know um, Tekken Three is on it, um, which. Is a, is a good good game. You know, it's quite um quite infamous with it. And you'd assume, like beyond that, it's kind of some some uh, speculation. But I, I would expect Metal Gear Solid. I'd expect like Parappa the Rapper. I'd mm-hmm. expect Medieval. You know, these kind of because they're they're uh, obviously first party games. Um, yes, yeah, so we got Final Fantasy VII, Tekken Three, Ridge Racer Type Four. Wild Arms and Jumping Flash. I have no idea what Jumping Flash is. Nope, not a Scooby. Apparently, it's a PlayStation Classic. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'll, we'll see what the they'll probably sprinkle out some more games over the coming months. But um, hopefully, uh, you know, because some of our our favourites show up there. Um, but but nonetheless, I'll 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 be picking this up. Um, and it, it seems like though Sony might have some competition with um. You know, I think it was the same week it was announced or kind of reported that the the patent had been finalized for what seems to be an N64 classic. And some people are speculating that maybe Nintendo might spring a surprise release, kind of like they did with mm. the NES classic. And, and we might have the, the two old rivals going head to head again, yeah, the yeah. PlayStation and the N64. Um, which would be, it'd be fun that, and honestly, as much as I'm a, a, I was more of a PlayStation guy, I think when it comes to like a classic console with a selection of games, the N64 probably wins because yeah. it, it had that more tight packed, small, but really good kind of, um, lineup. So it, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens there. And I think, um, 
the the very same day, which I don't know if they were running scared, but uh, Sega announced that their Mega Drive Mini, which they're they're supposedly taking serious this time, has been delayed to to 2019. You know, maybe maybe it's a bit about wanting to improve it, but then also wanting to to avoid clashing with the the PlayStation because I think there would only be one winner there. Um, don't but, know. I did love my Sega. I did love my Mega Drive, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Me too, and uh, as I said, if uh, if they do it right, like, I, I've picked up the bad ones, so if they do it right, and, you know, because, like, there's some of the emulated kind of um, versions of the the, uh, the Mega Drive games that they release now, like, that are releasing on the Switch and stuff are, are brilliant, like, so mm. if they could bring that quality and, and pack, like, 20 of those into to the one box, you know, I'd, I'd be... I'd be in line to get one, that's for sure. Just all, all the Sonic games you can, and Echo the Dolphin. That's all I needed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, I need Street to Raid, Street to Raids 2, oh, true, yeah. Golden Axe. True that, true that. Um, but I, I just remembered this new story, because I was Googling to see if there was anything we missed, but Telltale closed down. Oh, yeah. How did I forget that? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we knew they'd, they'd kind of change things and scale back to less projects, but I mean, to, to close in the middle of, of, um, releasing the fourth and final season of The Walking Dead, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking really for, like, I was, I was a big Telltale fan, especially of The Walking Dead. I only got around to playing the third season recently and I mean, I really enjoyed it. Like I'd kind of, I'd been trying to play Guardians of the Galaxy and a couple of other games that weren't quite there from them. But I, I thought the, the third season of Walking Dead was really good, and I was so excited to play the fourth season. And it, it's quite a kick in the teeth that we're just never going to see the end of of uh, Clementine's story. Like you know, it's just it's going to happen. That's the kick of those now. I mean, the Walking Dead's, I think probably known as the best one i think uh wolf among us is meant to be good and uh the borderlands one's meant to be really good um uh, but no the the walking dead one was was the bread and butter and it is a shame that we're not going to see the end of it because uh, the first um series or whatever we call it is that that's probably one of the most upsetting and heartstring games i've ever played man <laughs> it's a brilliant game i know it, it is fantastic like and and you know, all through that series, there's, there's just moments that, that, uh, break out. Like, even at the start of the second season, if you remember when you befriend the dog, but then he's so starving, he attacks you for the beans, and then she has to kill him. You know, put him out of his misery, and, oh. you know, that's, that's, that's just devastating. Like, I, I, I like, it's some of the best writing in, in video games that, that I've ever came across, and it, it's just such a shame that, you know, they, they didn't, you know, as much as like I've heard, I haven't gone around to the Batman games, but I hear they're really good. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if, if Telltale just, and clearly they did, they just took these massive licenses on and, and it can't have been cheap to get these licenses. And, you know, it just seemingly they just weren't paying, people weren't buying enough copies of, of these, um, these games and you know I, th- I think as I said Guardians of the Galaxy was a massive miss because I can imagine getting any kind of Marvel project wasn't cheap and then for it to be such a flop um, it, it just is such a shame because it, maybe if they just kept kind of the Walking Dead and, and Wolf Among Us kind of you know big properties in the comic book world but but not quite you know as oh, massive yeah. as a Batman yeah, yeah. 
like maybe it just could have gone a bit better for them. But I mean, the real as much as us us fans are, are victims, the the real victims seem to be the the staff. Like uh-huh. there's been some incredible revelations there as far as you know unpaid overtime and and you know no redundancy for these people they've, they've all just been left unemployed with, with nothing you know it's 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 yet another more evidence of of how much the cutthroat and the, yeah the, the gaming the industry the really gaming is, industry like, is yeah. <laughs> that's it like the, the the developers they have no protection and i think maybe maybe someone needs to regulate that some some more you yeah. know some, some restrictions have to be put in place i feel yeah, maybe you unionize it or whatever. Uh, be the one. But um, I think, unless you've got any news stories that we, that we've missed. No, I think we we've hit on the 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 biggest stories that that uh, happened over the, the the bit of a, a break we've had there. So um, that, that that's I I think I think we're well covered. We will hopefully next week we'll be back to um, our regular scripted news schedule. Um, and I'm sure crossplay. <laughs> I'm sure, yes, I'm, I'm sure it'll be something about crossplay and something about a battle royale game, <laughs> quite possibly Fortnite. Oh God, yes. Um, but it is time for why people are here. It's time for the Spider-Man review. Um, this is going to be chock full of um, spoilers. So if you've not played Spider-Man the video game, please uh, do turn it off. We do appreciate you listening, but. I mean, Look at the title, people. <laughs> um, so, Carl, this game, I- I'm going to come straight at you with overall thoughts and then we'll get into the meat, the meat and drink of it. Wow. You know, like, I was hyped, but, you know, even then, it, it's 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 gone, it's met my expectations and, and more. You know, like, this game, it's just like, uh, to be honest, I was on a bit of a hiatus. I hadn't played anything for... You know, maybe six weeks at the time, and um, you know, usually when when that's the case, nothing can force me out of that. It's just when something clicks in my head, I'm like, I fancy playing the game today. But Spider Man came, and I was like, I have to play this game, and I was just instantly hooked. I mean, it's just everything about the game. You know, I, I'm not going to say you know there there will be a little bit of a, a critique. You know, I have to keep Insomniac on their toes, but <laughs> I mean. Everything, the, the combat, the, 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 the web slinging, the, the story, like, like, you know, it's, it's one of the best, you know, there's been some good comic book games, but rarely do they actually have a worthwhile story. I mean, Arkham games aside, but this rivals the Arkham games for a story. I mean, the, the characters, the, the performances from the voice actors. I mean, my God, like, it's just, I, I can't say enough positive things about about this game. And and how about you, guy? What what were your your what are your initial thoughts? Well, to put it bluntly, um, I absolutely love this game. Um, people who listen to this regularly, and obviously you, Carl, and whoever's in our in our WhatsApp group, will know that I'm not the biggest fan of PS1 uh, of PlayStation. And even in the first few seconds, I was bitching about the controller and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I finished that game pretty quickly because sleep did not come. Sleep did not needed to be needed um, when this game was out. When I was playing this game, um, I did not need sleep. It was uh, it was Spider Man, food, and then 
trying not to like die. <laughs> uh, that was about <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, the, the, this game, I mean, it, it was that fun. It was that great. I mean, in terms of game of the year, maybe we'll talk about that later on. Um, and we'll obviously come to that. We'll come to our awards or whatever <laughs> towards the end of the year and stuff like that. But this is definitely up there in terms of my game of the year for, for personal um, taste. It was just. It was just fantastic, and it it was the first game for me that I've only played two other games on PS4, but this is the first game for me that I've just sat there and just went, you could literally just give me, like, you could probably just give me some Legos to make out of a controller and I'd still play it. I couldn't give a crap where the, <laughs> I couldn't give a crap where the analog sticks were, I didn't give a crap if it felt small for my hands. This game, it just it just was perfect for me. I, I absolutely loved it. It may not be the best artsy game and may not win the awards it might deserve, but it's probably one of the most fun games I've played in a goddamn while. Definitely. I mean that that's 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 a, a you know, if you want to put one adjective to this game, it is fun. I mean, and that that's um that's the the main thing when it comes to video games is fun. I mean, I, I've never you know, all the side stuff, like, I, I platinum this game, and my last trophy was completing the game. You know, it, it didn't feel a chore to do the side things, uh-huh. you know, you know, anything like racing around, you know, the web slinging, swinging from building to building, you know, it was just so much fun, you know, trying to think, how, how can I do this more stylishly, you know, the, the fighting, you know, even the kind of, the kind of the bases, I, I suppose, kind of side things where you have to kill waves of enemies. You know, the kind of horde mode is, as is, but tends to be the the term for it. You know, it, it was just so much fun. What's the highest combo I can get here, and can I do it without being hit? And you know, nothing felt like a chore. You wanted to do everything in that game. You know, you wanted to see everything. You wanted to see every corner of the city, every nod to, to another Marvel character, to a, you know, it was just, it, it, like you say, it's just, it's a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> if, well, we'll come to upcoming releases and what what's next for, for uh, one up later on, but there's, if this is in my top three, probably top two by the end of the year, it's going to be the absolute, it's going to be, Probably the best of a PlayStation game I'll ever play. <laughs> Put it that way. But um, we'll get into the more specific things now. Then <clears throat> the bit, the basis of any good Spider-Man game is the web slinging, isn't it? And we've had some goods um, from the early play, the PlayStation P- uh, Spider-Man games, and then we've had some some weird ones where it takes you out of the web slinging elements. But what were your thoughts on this? Because I thought it was pretty much perfect and. It felt as real as web slinging in a man dressed as a spider in spandex can feel real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the you know when it is comes to to Spider-Man games, it is the the uh, the web slinging is the first thing you notice. I mean, and I remember back in the day playing the first movie game, and like the fact your your webs clung to the side of the buildings, you know, kind of just was brilliant to me. I love that not having my webs come from, from out of the sky. Heaven. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was massive. And then they, they went even further in the second game, you know, with having you use opposite triggers for, for left and right hand, um, which was just unreal. Like, you know, kind of the, the thought process there. Um, and you know, I think latter games kind of 
took a step back you know we 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 went back to the to the heavenly webs like in in the amazing spider-man one which it was an okay game but um it wasn't great and although amazing spider-man 2 tried to pull it back to the buildings it, it was just it wasn't enough and I mean, but this Insomniac clearly have taken note of all this over the year, all the critiques, all the praise, and, you know, they've brought everything into to their web-slinging and, and more. I mean, the the it's just amazing, the fact you can, like, slingshot yourself across rooftops and... Uh, I mean, the, the acrobatics you can do in midair, and, I mean, it's just insane. You know, I, I feel like... Well, I don't even want to say it because there's so much thought went into every other part of the game as well, but I can imagine the amount of thought and effort that, that Insomniac put into to the web singing, and it really has paid off. You know, you feel you are Spider-Man, you know, and it's just, it's it's what I've always wanted in a Spider-Man game when it comes to web singing, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in in a similar realm of web slinging, you obviously have the uh, the wall climbing and stuff like that. For me, this wasn't as slick as the web slinging. I think it was a bit clunky in places. I mean, especially when you're trying to go down a wall rather than go up a wall. Um, I think when you're sprinting and everything's higher paced, it's it's all right. But when you're going a bit slowly and trying to take your time, it felt a bit clunky. What what are your thoughts on the uh, wall climbing and Assassin's Creed type parkour? Yeah, no, I I would agree there. To to be honest, I mean, there there is some times where like I'd be trying to, um, kind of crawl up a wall to to kind of stealth, kind of pull a guy over the wall, and like suddenly he'd go the it wouldn't be going the way I wanted to. Like he'd he'd jump, I'd tip over the edge and get spotted, or you know, it, it's not quite as responsive. You know, I I think. It is a shame. They had some great ideas when it came to the parkour. There was some really cool bits, especially that that you kind of see towards kind of the the end set pieces of the game, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Like where they kind of showed off some of the the wall thing, being able to kind of zip from wall to wall, and mm-hmm. you know, and it it's a great idea. But I just don't think it was executed quite how they would have liked it to be. Unfortunately, it it is one of the the few critiques that that I'd I'd have of the game, and I I share with you. Um, you know, it, it is a shame that they didn't quite pull that off. But to to be honest, I didn't spend all that much time climbing walls. I was I was more so yeah, <laughs> web slinging around them. It, it's such a it's such a minor thing, but I think it in in the in fairness, you have to bring up the goods and the bads, and I, I imagine the goods are going to heavily outweigh the bads in this one. Um, but we'll we'll come to um, combat because web slinging it's either good or it's bad. That's the way it is, isn't it? But combat, I think <clears throat> you can you go in a bit more depth in this. But overall, what what did you make of the combat? You know, I, I think it's a, it's an excellent kind of evolution of firstly spider-man games themselves over the years and then i think also um from taking some nods from from the arkham games i mean you know let's call a spade a spade it is very much the the (laughs) arkham combat system you know even the the spider gadgets quite reflecting the you know batman's gadgets but you know that i think it's it's fair enough i think some people kind of point that at it as as a critique but I don't think so because I'd say that for me when I first played Arkham Asylum 
I thought this reminds me of the Spider-Man movie games I used to play on my PS2. You know, like the the kind of symbols that you're getting hit make a lot more sense for Spider-Man because he has an actual spider sense, you mm. know. And that was always in the games and now they've they've Batman kind of took from that and now Spider-Man's took from Batman and I'm sure maybe the next Rock City game possibly might even take a couple of cues from from this game and you know that that, that Super, can only be Superman good for the game on the where... floor. Superman stood on the floor <laughs> yeah. fighting people. Uh, don't think that'll work too well. But um, for me, I thought the combat was overall very good. As you said, it took, it, it's um, taken. It, well, it's basically the same as the Arkham games, isn't it? With the Spidey, with a Spidey twang on it, but that's not a bad thing. You know, I, I can't really care. Um, I love Arkham, and this just adds to the experience. But um, you, you mentioned up, uh, you mentioned gadgets and, and um, suit powers and stuff like that. Do, do you think they were quite balanced in terms of combat? Yeah, like I, I you know, personal preference. I, I'm more kind of um, stuck to dodging and and punching but mm-hmm. you know I, I would for it's good option for crowd control you know you had like the the electric webbing and the uh um the trip the mines. the bomb the trip mines were fun actually yeah, yeah. something satisfying about webbing two guys together but um i mean I, I thought they were a nice little nod you know they they weren't a necessity um but they were there if if you wanted to try and add a little bit more style to to your combat. So I, I and I, I didn't think anything seemed particularly overpowered. Um, I mean, a couple of the superpowers are quite ridiculous. I think it was like one that just like knocks everyone over, um, <laughs> in like a massive radius. But at the same time, you you don't get to use them too many times in in a um. Like in a combat, a certain combat seppi, so I I don't think they were too overpowered, and and I think it was a nice little kind of thing to set the different suits apart from each other, and just just have something rather than it simply being aesthetic, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I quite like that you didn't have to wear a certain suit for the power either, because some. So everyone has the personal taste and stuff like that, but some of the suits for me just look really crap, and some of them were brilliant. Uh, but I had to try to give them all the bash. What what, what was your favourite suit if you had one? Um, I'd say it was probably one of the Spider-Man 2099 outfits. Um, possibly the second one, the the white one. I I was wearing that like at the end of the game, so um. You know, I, I suppose it kind of stands out even more in my mind as a result of that. And um, the Ghost Rider one was pretty cool as well, though. Yeah, that was quite. What cool. about you? Um, I can't remember the exact name, but I think it was what it was one of the last armored mark, whatever it was. I think it was the red and green one, if I remember correctly. Um, I think it was that one, but I did, so, I did like um, yeah, the first like not noir, but the first stealth black one you got. I quite like that one as well. Uh, the the black hat one was it? Yes, yes, I quite like that. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is that is really nice, actually. I you know, and with with you on that, like, um, no, I, I thought it was it was it was a cool um nod. I know there's been a, a lot of people kind of complaining about the the lack of the venom suit, but um, apparently there's a reason for that. So it might play <laughs> a bigger part in, oh, in a God. sequel. 
we're getting Spider-Man free the game finally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, well, we've mentioned combat there, and um, we'll come on to enemies, not not the bosses and stuff like that. But what, what did you make of it? Because you obviously had um, General Thugs, you had uh, Kingpin's men, you had uh, the de- uh, demons, and Sable. What, what what did you make of the range of enemies? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I actually thought it was a nice nod how you had like the um I suppose you had the, the three particular factions and then you also had kind of some more generic thugs and uh the actually four factions really of the prisoners as well. So oh, yeah. and I think they were they were well the prisoners and the generic thugs and the, the fisk might have all been fairly similar. I think that there was enough diversity there. Obviously, the the demons had like their their weird energy weapons, and you know, like the whip guys and the sword guys, and um, I mean jetpack knobheads. Oh, for, for yeah, for Sable. <laughs> uh, oh, six. I think. Oh, I had some frustrating moments against Sable. Like sometimes with the the random Sable crimes, you know, you just happen to get caught in a crossfire, and they just happen to be shooting in a certain pattern that you literally can't dodge the shots, and you're just dead. You know, you get stunned, and you're dead. Mm. So uh, Sable could be that de- is definitely the most infuriating of the enemy types. But I like the diversity because I mean, like, you know, we bring in Arkham up again, but with Arkham, when it comes to to the general enemy. Means it's really it, it's still you know it's so, still great with the combat, but it, it, you've still got the, the same kind of group all through, and you've you've got the same exact you know you've got a shield guy, you've got a mm-hmm. um and and they look the same. Whereas with this, although you know each group kind of had their shield guy, and each group had like their guy with an automatic rifle, but there was, it just seemed a little bit different. I, I like those those little nods. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I think it, it it really kept things fresh for me. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to, towards the fir- probably the first half of the game before the, the 
spoiler, as I said earlier, spoilers. Um, before the Riker Island incident where all the prisoners got out, I thought it was maybe getting a bit samey because the demons were the only one who were really different. Um, yeah. But as soon as as soon as the Riker stuff happened, I think introducing Sable, it it really added that extra um, diversity that it needed. Because as you said, Sable, especially for me, they were just different level of knobhead. <laughs> they just did my head in so much, and um, they were probably one of the only factions that could actually kill me to a certain point where it got actually frustrating. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much been it for the. Uh, the realms of combat, unless you've got anything else you want to add. Um, well, I, I suppose it, it's um, it's a, it's a good point to bring it in. Would would probably be the um, boss battles. Um, not not mm. to get into the story of them, but um, I did. This is another point where I'm going to be a little bit critical. I, I mm-hmm. thought the boss battles were a little disappointing. True. I mean, one one that particular like and. I tie it back to to the preview, and I remember Stu talking about the how intriguing it was that Taskmaster mm-hmm. was going to be in the game, and what would they do um, with Taskmaster? And I, I agreed with him completely. I was like, there's a lot of potential there, but then you come to the fight, and the only thing, oh, Taskmaster blocks your moves, but uh, throws something at him, or <laughs> throw a random gadget at him, and now you can just you can just do your punch combo on him and it was just like just seemed a little lazy you know and it, it seemed yeah. like there, there was a bit of wasted potential there and similarly I, I thought the I think it was the, the the first boss fight with Mr. Negative um, you know when you're in the train you know just dodging yeah. and then punching and then dodging and then, you know I, it very just, Sammy wasn't it yeah like a little repetitive um, and although the, the boss fights later in the game felt, you know, they definitely, they were dressed up better, you know, I'll, I'll give them mm. that, you know, they, they felt a bit more exciting, I still I, felt that their core, they were, you know, maybe with the last boss fight aside, they they were a little, um, to be fair, even the Doc Ock one was a bit, even the Doc Ock one was a bit samey, to be fair, um, but that had a lot of story driven behind it, didn't it, so that's fair enough, but for me... I think it started off all right. I think the shocker uh, was it the, yeah shocker. He, his first one was all right where he was doing the shock waves and stuff. In I think it was a bank building. I think yeah. that started off all right, but after that it was kind of all downhill. You mentioned um, uh, Taskmaster especially. He was a he was a disappointment. But I think we'll talk about the side missions um, in a bit. But uh, yeah, the, he was a disappointment. I think um, Falcon yeah Falcon and um, who was the one with him? An Electro. That one was a bit crap. Um, yeah, that's well. that's true. Like that's that's what I was thinking of. Where you're, you're kind of stuck in the air, and it, it's kind of like they they kind of dress it up to look like it does seem um, on the surface to be like this grand battle, but then you're like, oh wait, you know, I'm just stuck in the air automatically. I don't even have to make myself stay in the air because nah. it's just going to automatically pull me back up. And I mean, you're just rinse and repeat dodge vulture web him up punch him and then you know it's it, it was a little re- repetitive to be honest it, it definitely got got old quick but i i think you can almost forgive it because of, of how good the story was around it at the time um you know so but it but it is something certainly that they can work on um i think for for the the, yeah, yeah. the inevitable sequel you know will be better better boss fights 
I think, yeah, I think that's one point. I think, for me, the, probably the most disappointing one was the Scorpion. Because it started off so well with, with um, when he drugged you and you were stuck in that hallucinogenic world where you pretty much had massive scorpion tails coming out of the acid sea or whatever it was. I think that was quite interesting. And then he kind of got... Nothing came of that afterwards and then you were stuck in a boss fight where him and Rhino would hit into each other and you just threw stuff. That was really disappointing for me. Because I think that was probably the most intriguing one. Um, but what what were your thoughts on um, on putting the bosses together? Because it was obviously two on two bosses at a time. Really, what what were your thoughts on that? Do you think it needed thickening out and maybe having more of an interesting? Because we'll we'll kind of link this in with characters as well. What did you make of the um, lesser members of the Sinister Six? Shall we say? Yeah, no, I, I liked the idea of kind of the 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 um, handicap matches that that Spider-Man had to enter because you know it makes sense on the surface because the, these are people he's defeated multiple times before, so pair two of them together kind of doubles the danger. But then I I don't think they did enough with that to, to make you feel a danger. I mean, like in the the Electro Vulture fight, you know, you're fighting Electro first and, and then suddenly Vulture starts flying at you and, but it was so easy to just dodge him and web him and hit him and, you know, he didn't feel like a threat and the same thing in the Rhino fight, like it's, it's quite cool the way Rhino, you, you can't actually damage him directly, you know, so you have to use the environment. I thought that was a really cool feature, but then suddenly Scorpion shows up and I'm like, oh my god, this, this, this could be tough, but, no, you just like spam just webs jump. at him and he just yeah. drops limp on the ground and you just do your combo on him and just, I think it did it like three times and suddenly Scorpion was out of the fight, you know? Um, so I just don't think it was a great idea having 2v1 and I, I hope they do that again in, in a future game and maybe even 3v1, but I just think they need to kind of make you feel like threatened you know they they just they need to give you kind of a, a bit more of a challenge really yeah yeah absolutely so that's been the lesser members of of the sinister six and um i'll, I'll bring up a bad point after we've discussed this um but uh what, what were you what were your thoughts on mr negative because i think this could go either way in terms of a positive and, and a and well, cliche negative. Um, <laughs> I think this could go either way with him and how, how people see him. But I think Stu mentioned it in the preview that he's a bit, he's a bit more of a lesser known villain. Do you think he was? Um, did you think he transferred well? Because he was lesser known. We've all, we've seen all these other ones in in the cartoons, in, in uh, films, and stuff like that. How do you, how do you think he did in probably his biggest debut so far? I, I honestly, I I thought it was excellent. I mean, like uh, as you say. I think Mr. Negative only debuted in the, the comics, you know, in the noughties. And, you know, I, I haven't read comics since since I was a kid. So, you know, I, I didn't have too much experience kind of of Mr. Negative. I knew of him. I knew who he was. But, you know, that that was kind of the limit of it. Um, you know, so I, I thought it was a bold move to, to, to give such a big part to such a, you know, a, a lesser known character especially when spider-man has such a, a a gallery a rogues gallery you know as Stu said in the preview it, it almost rivals batman's and, and it really does and there's a lot of kind of spider-man 
baddies that that I personally love, like the the chameleon and Craven the Hunter and Mysterion and and all the the likes. And they left all of them out. And you know, obviously that we didn't. I haven't even mentioned Venom, but um, like yet here we have um this this lesser known Mister Negative, and and I thought he was brilliant because I I thought. You know, well, you have like the career criminals like Rhino and, and Shocker and, and Vulture. And I mean, there were little kind of, they're not, yeah, I mean, especially Shocker and Rhino, they're a little one dimensional. You know, let's be honest. Uh, Scorpion, all right, his whole thing is that he's psychopathic and, you know, he just wants to kill Spider-Man and, and Jonah and, you know, yeah, but there, there's not that much substance in them. But yet we had this guy who was introduced to us as Martin Lee, as the, this guy who ran a homeless, this businessman who who dedicated so much of his time to to running a homeless center, who was good friends with with, with Aunt May, you know, and and with Peter himself. And I mean, they they showed this human side to the character before they ever hinted that that he was going to be. Mr. Negative, you know, um, and I, I just thought it was it was excellently handled, and and then even as, you know, Mr. Negative, you know, when when, you know, spoilers, when uh, the the terrorist attack where where he kills Miles' father, um, well, Miles' father dies like in in the blast, mm. um, and you you think like, oh my God, this this guy has gone from this this really admirable guy to 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 having killed a, a hero cop you know that there's no redemption for him you know there's there's nothing but then later we get to see kind of his origin story and that you know maybe just maybe he was a victim as well you know and i i just i thought it, it was an excellent uh handling of a bad guy along with another one who i'm sure we're, we're going to get to soon but um Honestly, I, I thought it was it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I thought <clears throat> from the first probably three quarters of the game, I thought Mister Negative was perfect, and I think there's there's that level of self doubt in him that makes him an interesting character, as you said, and we we kind of see that later on. My only issue with Mister Negative is that he's soon made second class as soon as you as soon as you imprison him. He just becomes another regular guy, and I know he's like he he gets kind of left out with the lower members of the Sinister Six, and he's in the he's in the final parts of the story. But I think he just kind of gets pushed aside too easy after you've had pretty much three quarters of a game building up to this big fight, and then pretty much you just put him in jail, and then he get released pretty quickly by another big baddie who um, I think was pretty done done very well. But there's a couple issues there with me as well. What 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 are you what are your thoughts on Mister Negative kind of? playing second fiddle to Dr. Octopus rather quickish. Like it was it was almost at a snap of a snap of a snap of a metal finger, shall we say, that Mr. Negative comes a secondary character. Yeah, no, they, they, I, I I certainly understand where, where what you're getting at there because I mean it, it was quite sudden but I, I suppose it, it made sense in the context of thing because I, I guess Mr. Negative's happy to to step aside for for one, you know, someone that he, he recognizes as a, a much superior intellect. And secondly, um, I mean, because ultimately at the end of the day, as long as Osborne was suffering and, and, uh, ultimately would, would die, 
I, I don't think Mr. Negative cared too much about um, who was calling the shots. So I suppose it made sense, but I suppose they, they possibly, you know, I, I'd agree with you that that's, um, it could have been handled a little better. You know, may, maybe, maybe we could have seen some, if they just shown us more of the bad guys, you know, which is something I would like them to do kind of in moving forward is, you know, maybe if we had some time of seeing the bad, like, I mean, what we're getting is Sinister Six movie, you know, eventually. A Venom film as well, yeah. Yeah, a Venom film. We, we had the, okay, it was terrible, but we had Suicide Squad where we're getting a Joker in, film. Like Infinity War is probably it, the biggest one in the Marvel scene, is it? Because that was just a Thanos film, let's be honest. Yeah, no, that's 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 true. He, he featured quite pr- predominantly. So I think, like, if we can just see a little bit more of our 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 bad guys' kind of motivations, I thought it was, as I said, that's that's what I praise. You know, building Martin Lee, showing his human side, mm-hmm. and doing the same with Doctor Octavius. But um, at and even then, they seem to be doing similar with with uh, with um. Osborne, because obviously I'm assuming we we might get Green Goblin in the next movie, but or the movie game. <laughs> See, the story was so good; it may as well have been a movie. But um, yeah, so like I like that. But let's also show as, as well as showing the human side when we're showing their their bad side. Let let's see how I would have liked to see how they interact together. Um, you know, we we seen so little of it. I, I suppose we had a little bit of it when. Uh, Miles ran into, and I'm sure we'll, 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 that's, that's actually part of the gameplay we, we didn't touch on. I'm sure we will when we get to those characters though. Um, where we see kind of Scorpion and, and Rhino interacting together. I, I would just like to see more of that. If, if we'd seen a bit more of the, the Doc Ock and, and Mr. Negative dynamic, maybe the, the handover of power, you know, would it would have made a, more sense to to people like, like like yourself who who picked up on it as as something that that uh like raised an eyebrow you know about how quick it was. Yeah, yeah, that's a concept. The only thing, as you said, character development of the of the lesser villains is probably a, an issue. Um, we can probably put Tombstone in this as well, but we'll, I think we'll come to side missions because that's probably another negative. Let's be fair. Um, <clears throat> but it, there was that scene where I think you first go after Doctor Ock and you go to his little hideout and, thought, and it goes through all the character, what Doc Ock's made for him, where it's like made. Um, Vulture, a, a new set of wings that doesn't give him cancer and stuff like that, and he's, he's promised to get Rhino out of his suit. I think that was just a cheap way of adding character development. I think he could have done it. I think he could have done much more if you had a single, a single mission for each of them. And I, I probably would have added on a good few hours, but yeah, I think it needed it because. <clears throat> I think that's what Batman did so well. He, the, obviously, natural comparisons of the Arkham games, but I think it, it, it explains who the story behind each individual villain so well, um, apart from some of the lesser ones. But it, it, uh, in this one, there was we keep we calling them lesser, but they're going to play such a big part because the Sinister Six is well, it's just all of it's all of Spider-Man's enemies. Um, and I, as you said, I think it, it definitely needed it. Um, it just needed that thickening out and some of them probably are of interest. I mean, Scorpion's a bit of a lunatic and that's, that's his story, but some of the other ones, especially, are, are definitely of interest. And I think Taskmaster's definitely the most disappointing one because he's the most interesting one um, and most unknown one. But 
shall we just move on to the big the, the big lad the probably the most interesting character of the whole game is is doc is dr octavius isn't he um I'll start off with the one criticism I have, and it, it, it ties into the Martin Lee thing. It's how quickly he goes from being the kind-hearted father figure to Doctor to to, to um Doctor Octopus. I think that's the only thing is that he goes from you've spent all it's the same it's the same as Mister Negative for me. You've spent all this game building up uh, Martin Lee and Mister Negative, and then in one mission Doctor Octopus is there and he's got all these contacts and stuff like that. I'm not sure if if there was a better way of hinting at a, a long-term strategy because there was that anonymous donor, whoever that was, whatever, and then all of a sudden he's become a supervillain. That was the only negative I have from that. But other than that, his his character development was perfect and the the father. <clears throat> the father-son relationship between Peter and Doctor Octavius, especially, was so emotional in such a short space of time. Yeah, no. Uh, as I said previously, you know, when talking about Madly, I, I really enjoyed the the building up the, the human side of of Doctor Octavius and the, you know, kind of the the successes with the project, but then the knockbacks, you know, like Norman pulling the the funding in the city funding, you know, I, I thought I loved all that stuff. Um, I would agree with you. You know, it was quite a you know a quick transition. You know, we we had. Peter kind of put a nod. Oh, it could affect you know your your um your brain basically. Um, uh, uh, so we had like that nod to it, but then it was just suddenly like a switch was flicked and he was evil. You know, yeah. maybe if we'd seen a little bit more of an internal struggle, um, you know, I I I thought maybe they were kind of nodding to that in the actual final boss fight. Um, but, but even then it was more so after you defeated him. Um, and, you know, there was a, like, a, I'm sure we'll, you know, we may as well co- go to it now, but mm-hmm. I mean, I liked kind of the back and forth, you know, even though the, the combat, the, the actual gameplay wasn't brilliant in, in the final boss fight, I liked the kind of dialogue back and forth between Peter and, and Doc Ock. And I mean, I, I thought it was, it was well, well scripted. But at that, that point when, when Doc Ock is lying on the, the table, like, you know, you, you know, beaten, um, and he's pleading with Peter, a part of me was kind of wondering, oh, is like Peter going to go over to help him? And then is Doc Ock going to like stab Peter in like the shoulder or something mm. or with like one of his arms? And then Peter's going to have to knock him out or something, you know, just, I, I would have, I would have liked something like that, you know, bit of a kind of, change but you know he was just a bit feeble at at the end you know um so i i do i agree with you there that that there there certainly could have been a, a bit more of a struggle and i just wonder is it down to time constraints you know how many more hours would they have had to add on to the game to to show doc ock struggling you know unless they'd introduced the the doc ock side of him a little earlier in the game even mm. I'm, I'm not sure how they could have done it but Certainly, it would have been nice to see a bit more of a, 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 a str- an internal struggle there. I think I think the balance of getting Mister Negative explained so well, and then adding in Doctor Octopus was maybe a step too far in what was a twenty-hour game. Because I think it was per, I think the twenty twenty odd hours, thirty odd hours, whatever it was, and how long it took you to do the story and a, a decent amount of the side stuff. Um, yeah, it was probably just a bit too much to put in to into a 
not a short game, but a, a standard game, shall we say. I think it was maybe a smidge too much, but I imagine Dr. Octopus is probably the most well-known uh, Spider-Man villain outside of like Venom, probably joint too. So maybe they just expected, okay, everyone knows. As soon as I saw Dr. Octavius, I was like, he's going to be Dr. Octopus. I mean, it's, it's obvious, it's going to happen. Um, but I think <clears throat> in in a game, it allows you so much freedom and time if you have, if you give your developer enough time that you can add all this backstory in well. And that's the only thing with Dr. Octopus. But as I said, once that and a raised eyebrow was out of the way, I think he was quite perfect. From that Rikers mission onwards, I think he was pretty much perfect. The... Uh, motivation of him hating Norman Osborn, and that's kind of how him and Mr. Negative um, kind of joined forces. Um, it, it, it seemed pretty perfect for me, and, and this Devil's Breath stuff, uh, which we haven't really talked about, uh, it, it seemed a good way of inducing a, a pandemic type thing. Um, so I, I think it was really good, and I think we've seen in a couple games, I haven't played God of War yet, but we've seen in Sony games that they love to have this father son relationship i mean do you think that's well we well, let's let's talk about peter parker and spider-man then because this kind of wraps into it but what what did you make of peter parker's father figure type thing do you think it was just natural with obviously uncle ben dying and that's his backstory la 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 but what what did you make of peter parker's development and and spider-man's development yeah i i think um you, you could certainly say that the father-son kind of relationships were were a th- a theme um in in uh, this game because you know not not only um peter and, and doc ock and, and peter and, and ben i i think you you could argue that especially early on in the game that like martin lee was was also like yeah. kind of a, a, yeah. a senior male figure in in peter's life um that that you know kind of could offer him some guidance and you know that 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 was there and there was of course miles and his father was a massive part of the game so i think there's certainly heavy influence of of uh father and son relationships in in this game and i i thought they they were well handled um so like i i think as far as peter's character um goes um i i thought it, it was a great peter parker maybe one of the the better Peter Parkers in, mm. in media that, that I've came across. I mean, um, let's actually check who the voice actor was. Um, forget, gonna draw a blank there, but, um, the, like, I, I thought that the, the, obviously it's going to be in any Spider-Man game that the interaction between Peter and the people around him, you know, is central to, to the game. And I, I thought those relationships were really well held, handled, you know, how we, in, we've already talked about kind of Doc Ock and, and Martin Lee. And, but the, at the same time, um, MJ and, and Miles and, uh, Aunt May and, you know, even, we got some insights to, to his relationship with Harry, you know, who obviously was absent from the game. Mm. Um, so, I mean, for me, those, those interactions, you know, they, they, they were so, so important to the progression of the story. And I think they were, they were really well handled. What did you think? I, I think he was done perfectly. And I think it's probably easier to balance a, a Peter Parker, Spider-Man divide in, in a video game than a film. 
but I think that that's why people love Tom Holland. He seems to be able to do both quite well. And I know he's still playing a teenager, and this one was like a 23-year-old um, set scientist and stuff like that. But I think this was probably the best balance one with Tom Holland. Um, I think you've seen with with Garfield, he's probably he's a good Spider-Man, but I don't think he was a good Peter Parker. And um, T- Toby Maguire was well, he just looked too old, didn't he? <laughs> I think he was again <laughs> for me he was. He play, I think he played the nerd well. I think he was all right as Spider-Man, but he just kind of... I think he was just a bit... He just looked a bit too old and out of place. Uh, that was my only concern with, with Maguire, mainly. And, uh, well, the third film was horrendous. Let's not know that. But certainly this one, um, it, it just balanced it so well. And you see the development. And th- this is him who's probably been Spider-Man. I think Stu said he started when he was, like, 15, 16. So... Um, probably seven eight years maybe um so you've not you've not joined a a new upcoming spider-man who, who's starting out in life you've, you've joined an established one and um i quite like that and to add that further extra development that you've seen in in relatively new relationships i think it's a very good um story arc that they've added in with, with the father figures and um i think we've seen <clears throat> We've seen kind of the roles reversed with, with Miles Morales as well. Um, what, were, what were your thoughts on the uh, the friendlier secondary characters and your Miles, your uh, your Aunt May, and your MJs? What, what did you make of them three? Yeah, um, just 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 because uh, it was annoying me. Yuri Lowenthal is the the voice actor for yeah. for uh, Peter Parker, and and he he did you know obviously he's a, a seasoned <laughs> video game voice actor, and he did an excellent job. Um, like no, I, I thought they they were really well done. I mean, um, MJ obviously um was by Laura Bailey did an excellent job as MJ. You know, like I'm as as you know, I've I've uh, I'm I'm a massive Spider Man fan since since I was a young age, and I think I think I've, I've oddly MJ has always been kind of like a, a <laughs> let's say like a, a dream girl. That's you know the the fiery redhead and. Um, I mean, I thought she was so so well done. Um, I mean, her parts of the game where she she was kind of sneaking around the the stealth. I, you know, at first I was kind of like, oh, they're taking me away from being Spider Man. But then I was like, I, I was kind of, I think they got better as the game went on, and mm. you got the the one part where you got to have the taser and. Uh, that other part where you got to direct Spider-Man to to pull bad guys as as you position oh, them for good. him, yeah. like I I thought it was so so well done, and I just thought the interactions be- between Spider-Man and well between Peter and and MJ were were well done. Like it was interesting that they weren't a couple for this game; they only got together at the end. Spoilers, and um, they they were they were broken up. They they'd been having relationship problems. You know, there, there was kind of a, an issue with the, the dynamic. You know, MJ thought, thought, thought uh, Peter was too overprotective. And I, I thought it was, you know, I, I was, I bought into the, to the interactions between, um, Yuri and L- Laura when they were, they were playing out the, these, these, uh, exchanges. Like I, I, I thought it was really well done that the MJ Peter dynamic. What, what did you think? Yeah, I think MJ was done perfectly. Um, she she added a, a certain level of uh, normalness. I I think it's I think it's it's hard to make Peter Parker quite normal, but obviously 
when it was just them two, it kind of felt normal. And I think there was that scene in the diner. I think it was quite early on. And then obviously the the uh, blues and twos go by on on the police cars, and it's just like, oh, I've got to go to work. It's like it it just made it feel normal. And then obviously she's kind of the uh, woman in the chair where you've got uh, Barbara Gordon and, and stuff like that for Batman. Uh, she was kind of like the woman in the chair in this game, and I quite liked that. She she was not the brains, but she was the information point um, of the game and not a narrator because he kind of he had Jameson doing that yeah, I don't think he <laughs> uh, he was quite randomly used but I quite liked it actually but yeah MJ was done perfectly for me um, and yeah as you said them them two being apart it kind of added that dynamic of what will happen next and you kind of had um, Black Cat there where she was that crappy side missions where you had to take pictures um, it was adding that flirting so maybe there's already something gone on there I think something happens with them too uh, I remember from the cartoon the scene too um, so there's maybe that love triangle that they're going to add I know there's a Black Cat um, DLC coming out so maybe something will happen in that one um, but for me I think she was done perfectly Aunt May was kind of a bit lesser of a secondary character compared to Miles and MJ but I think Miles was done very well and um, well, well well we might as well talk about the post credit scene now Carl um, obviously we've seen Miles now become Spider-Man um, it's obviously hinting at a sequel and we'll come to the next two the other two as well but do you think the need for a sequel they've added Miles into maybe adding this other secondary character yeah, no, I, 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 I really, I, I liked how they did Miles, and I mean, I, I felt that um, it, it was interesting because oftentimes with when it comes to to Spider-Man media, people are kind of complaining that, oh, you know, with the movies we've seen his origin too, too, too much, and obviously for for that reason they they didn't do it in in Homecoming. They already had him as Spider-Man, um. So with, with the game again, you know, we, we didn't get Peter Parker's origin, as you said, he's been Spider-Man for eight years. But, but with that said, we did get the origin story of, of Miles Morales and it was spread out throughout the game. You know, we, we got to see, you know, him, he had this hero cop father and, you know, who inspired him and, you know, his father dying kind of was a, a setback for him, but, you know, with, with Peter's help and, you know, I suppose Aunt May as well, that, that's, um, Miles in his own right became a hero even, even before he got his, his spider powers, which, which we seen right at the end. So I, I thought that was really well done. I, I thought it was nice to have this, this little origin. So yeah, that, that, I, I quite like Miles's as well. It was like an origin with, uh, within, within the game. And obviously we didn't want to see the Peter Parker one because it had been done to death, as you said. And, um, I quite like that Miles had one in, one of his own, even if it was just a post credit scene because his character development throughout was quite good. And, um, probably the biggest and most, probably most important one for me anyway in the post credit scene was how Harry Osborn was used. Um, Obviously, it's probably hinting at him being the Green Goblin, but I'm not sure if there was... I, I think I've read a couple of theories that there's meant to be a symbiote there. Uh, I'd, I'd probably have to go back and do it again. I'll watch it again. But uh, what what did you make of how Harry was used throughout the game and that scene alone? Yeah, like, I, I thought... It was it was bugging me, like, in the game. I was like, why isn't Harry in the game? Like, well, what's this whole thing with him being in Europe? 
you know, I, I like I'm I'm not gonna pretend that I, I seen the, the the twist coming that that um spoilers, he, he wasn't in Europe. Um <laughs> you know, but know. at the same time I did just I wondered why this was thing. I was like, have they really only included Harry for these little research station side challenge things? I was like, just doesn't make sense. And you know, how much him, MJ and, and Peter kept bringing up Harry like I just knew there had to be something there, so I mean I, I thought um, that the the revelation that Harry was sick and that like Osborne's motivations, you know, were 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 surrounding you know his failure to save his wife and and now uh, trying to save Harry. Um, I, I thought that was really well done. I mean earlier when we were talking about you know how Osborne was this motivating factor for the two big bads in this game let's not like you know credit where credit's due to insomniac while using him as a motivating factor for this game's bad guys they were also building him up to be a bad guy himself like well, mm. we know he's always a bad guy but um to, to be one of the villains in the in the next game most likely i mean there's one point where he, he picks up a a device that that looks a lot like a, a green goblin bomb, yeah, and yeah. kind of looks at it quite menacingly. So I'm like, you know, are we going to get green goblin there with with um, Norman and uh, me? And while are, are we going to get, you know, what, what's happening with Harry? Is is um, is Harry going to be made into the hobgoblin? Is he, you know, it's we don't know what's what's happening there. But I, I thought like it was really well done. I, I like how they used. I mean, the bigger picture is there, like, and you have to credit Insomniac for that, you know, while also bringing on the story for this game, they're, they're building a backstory for the next game, which, you know, credit, like, that, that's kind of the stuff, you know, we, we see in the MCU movies and, and we credit them for it. So, you know, for, for Insomniac to be doing it here with their, their Spider-Man video game series or potential series, like, they they deserve a pat on the the back for it, you know. What what did you think of that? Yeah, I thought it was brilliantly done. I think obviously, I think the easy hints the one at the Green Goblin. I'm like, I, I'm gonna have to watch it again for the for the vet, for the symbiote thing. I think that's the only one because I think that's the natural progression, isn't it, for for the next game? Because we'll we'll come on to talk about the potential of the franchise, but we've mentioned there's so many villains in, in the Spider-Man universe. There's Venom. There's Mysterio. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember what they're called, but there's that Taskmaster. When you beat him, he mentioned that he was getting like a, a eight-figure fee for trying to beat you, and some higher-up enemy. I think there's a not not a mercenary group, but there's some kind of higher-up group that um, was rumored. I can't remember the name, but um, yeah, it, it just added so much scale to it. And I think if I think the Harry relationship's probably the natural progression because you've had your father son relationship in this game with your Martin Lee and your, and your Dr. Octavius. In this one, maybe it's your brother figure in, 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 to do a Spider-Man 2. Um, if the brother figure is going to be the, the big ba- the, 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 the enemy. And um, <clears throat> it's just interesting, the role of Norman. You've obviously said, that, you've obviously said there um, that he's normally a bad guy, but maybe Harry's the one um, to become Green Goblin rather than Norman this time. And... Um, it can add an interesting character arc. But what are your thoughts on the potential of it? Because we have this whole New York, we see Avengers Tower, we see Doctor Strange's, um, I can't remember what they're called, 
temple protecting thing. Um, and we see like Jessica Jones's thing, Luke Cage's bar, I think it is. We see we see so many places that are linked with the MCU and um, the, the Marvel TV shows. Do you think there's scale to add in extra heroes rather than just villains? Yeah, I, I think um, most definitely. Um, I mean, the you know, we it was confirmed um, that like Insomniac have, or like Sony and and would have the the rights to make games featuring other Marvel heroes. So there's definitely the potential for that. Like I I expect the next game to be a sequel to Spider Man, considering all the the uh, the legwork they've done for building that up. You know, with Norman and and Harry and um and. Uh, like there's there's some stuff they haven't even quite touched on yet, like Venom. But I'm sure we, they've they've hinted in interviews that 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 is a factor. So, but I I think definitely there that that uh, New York could be used, um, you know, for for other heroes. Uh, you know, I'd like to see, you know, maybe with the popularity of the Netflix series, like a, maybe like a Defenders game, you know. People have always wanted a good Daredevil game. I mean, there was one in development once upon a time that looked to have potential, and I think it was uh, killed off by overambition. So, I mean, there's definitely I'd like I'd like to see what they could do with 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 other heroes in in that because um, they have set up a world here that we could have like a a, a video game kind of cinema. Uh, game marvel game universe you know with with uh, <laughs> yeah yeah like there's there's potential there um and i mean I, i'd like to see uh in insomniac kind of becoming maybe the the marvel studio you know that that, that yeah. what they're known for because they they really hit it out of the park with spider-man and, and i want to see them get more chances at, at um you know some marvel property but definitely i want another spider-man first though because mm. i mean we have those critiques we've we've put on kind of the maybe the characters and a little bit about the the wall crawling and stuff what if all the, if they get all that and the boss fights what if they get all that stuff right like how good mm. could this game be like i, I think the sky's the limit like so but they, if, if they fix side missions, I think the wall, if the <clears throat> the wall crawling and stuff, I think that you can get you can get away with that unless you like you literally fall into your death every three seconds. But if they fix the side missions where you're not doing pretty much fetch quests, and I think the tombstone one was the only interesting one. If they fix that, whereas I think Batman did this quite well with, with your side missions. If you do the side missions so well that introduces <clears throat> big parts of the game where you you some safe scorpions doing something or something like that. It, it can add so much to an extra game. Think yeah. that's the main critique for me was the side missions. If they fix that, it's gonna it's gonna go from being the most fun game of the year to being the best game of the year for me. No, I'd I'd, I'd agree in, entirely with, with that. Um, there, I think there there is there's definitely room for improvement but i have full faith that that in insomnia can make those improvements you know mm-hmm. those just those little tweaks to the to the boss fights and to the side missions because i as i said the side activities as i said right at the, the top of the show that's um 
like I thought they they were great, you know, the challenges. I'm still actually determined to get the goals and the the last few challenges that I have to get. Like so I thought that was a great way of of playing around with the gameplay. So I just think if uh, as you said if you know the if the side quest just were a little bit more like the the um tombstone side quest um although maybe with a better boss fight cuz that was another example of a of a poor yeah. boss fight. But um, like if they, if they can do that, then yeah, definitely. Like they they um, they can take that step to being, you know, d- despite being a licensed game, which it's unheard of. But they they could be like Batman, you know, in that they're they're being talked about, you know, in the same kind of pantheon as mm. as kind of like The Last of Us and, and that kind of thing, you know. So. Um, but but as I said, I have full faith that, that Insomniac will make those improvements in in the next game. Like there, there was, there's nothing that I don't think they can't fix. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I just realised the time, and I think we're we're a decent amount over the hour now, so I don't want to get in trouble with the higher ups. But uh, uh, we won't cut we won't cut anything out. But just just for argument's sake, obviously this is I think this is the fastest selling. PlayStation um, exclusive. Um, I think that was confirmed. Um, from from Disney's point of view, Marvel's point of view, do you think they'd really want to open it up so it's not just a Sony exclusive? I know that was part of the. I think that was part of the thing with Spider-Man getting a film and stuff like that. But do you think there's if somewhere around it they could work in that Xbox and Nintendo could have it and stuff like that? How much? How much? Money? How much of a money-making machine do you think this could be? Because if it, if it's outsold all these PlayStation exclusives, Disney must want that complete market open to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure, like Disney would love to have it exclusive, but I I gather that you know in the deal, like it very much is tied down, um, to being a Sony exclusive. But but I do wonder, uh, how many games is this deal for? And once that ends. You know, certainly, would Disney want Insomniac making Marvel games cross-platform because, like, they they, they would just print money, you know, based mm. on on how well this has sold. Was um, that Disney wanting to get into the gaming thing a bit more, Pantheon a bit more? I think that was I think that was one of our news things a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, or months ago, that Disney want to make a bigger uh, swing of games. I think definitely. I think they they want to tap the potential of because I mean they have Star Wars and they have Marvel I mean it's just to make games for those properties you know it's just there's so much potential and you know you, you can make so much money there like it's why wouldn't they want to to tap that that market um so so it is it is something that they obviously are looking to do and when you've got a success story like this Spider-Man game you you have to to cling to it, you know, and, and especially because, let's be honest, that the Star Wars games haven't really hit the waves <laughs> expected of them, you know, so, like, I, I think definitely long term, you know, they, they will want, you know, kind of things like Spider-Man being, you know, kind of cross-platform and, and it'll be interesting to see how this, Avengers game when we finally get to see what the hell it is. I think we that... can almost put that in a Final Fantasy VII remake uh, <laughs> yeah. box at this at this stage. Yeah, possibly, but um, yeah, no, I I think that there's there's so much p- potential there, and I, I think um, definitely if if uh, 
Disney have their way, um, we we will be seeing um, an Insomniac Marvel game on on Xbox and and Nintendo at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, that I think that's what people who uh, maybe got a PlayStation to play this and maybe our Xbox gamers or Nintendo gamers, that's probably what they want. And I think that's definitely what Disney want because there's a, there's a whole other couple of markets that, that they could tap into. But um, I think this has been a, a good review. Uh, I think this has been our first review, hasn't it? It has, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So shall we finish with marks out of 10 then? Uh, what 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 did you What would you give this? I'd say a now for context I don't give anything a 10 that's that's my, nothing is perfect so I would say a a 9 I give it a 9 you know may, maybe so, so that's basically perfect for you if you can't give out 10 <laughs> uh well I I give 0.5 so you know I'm <laughs> I'm saying 9 and if they improve the the critiques that that we've had today you know, I'm sure I could be given the sequel a, a 9.5 a couple of years down the line. How about your, your rating out of 10 then? I'll, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 because I think as fun as it was, the the, the points we've raised during it, I think the pay, the, the, well, kind of the pacing issues, or but pacing if that's the word for it, and, and the lack of side missions, I think it's, I think 8's the top for a fun game and then upwards is when you get onto um, game of the year type stuff I think so for for the best fun game I've played in ages I'll give it an 8 out of 10 and when it comes when it fixes those issues in the sequel which I, we both have confidence in that it'll do I think then then I can restart talking about 9s and 10s that's yeah, a fair point I, I, I understand where you're coming from there yeah. so we'll finish up with what's coming out and, and what we're planning to do next on 1UP so I'll, I'll go through the game releases that are coming up um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey we probably won't have time to do a preview on that but maybe do a review um, when we've both played that but that probably for me personally that'll probably be later on um, that comes out on the 2nd of October um, and then other big releases that people might be interested in WWE 2K19 is the 5th of October um, just get into later dates Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is 12th of October um, just seeing if there's anything else before the big lad um, Spider-Man's The Heist or Marvel Spider-Man's The Heist I think that's the first DLC comes out on the 23rd of October um, and then the big lad Red Dead Redemption 2, October 26th. So, Carl, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and put you on the spot. I imagine this, the preview of this is going to be our next podcast. So, how much are you looking forward to Red Dead? Uh, you know, I, I, uh, the, the, the hype is, is, is just unreal. Like, I, 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 this is like the kind of game I, I didn't even do that for Spider-Man, but I'm probably going to book a day or two off work <laughs> just to be able to get my teeth into to this game because, I mean, the, the first game was like one of my favorite games and this one, I, I just, I'm convinced and, you know, I don't know why, but I'm just convinced this game is going to be on another level even to that game. So, um, I, I just, I couldn't put into words how hyped I am, but, you know, Let's just say it's the most hyped I've I've been for a game in in a long, long time. Absolutely the same. 
absolutely the same. I can I cannot wait. It's going to be such a good game. But I think that's going to be our next podcast. But this has been the Spider-Man review. Um, so we'll finish up there. Um, Carl, do you want to give out your Twitter and stuff for people to follow you? Yeah, so for um, video game stuff, it is at KMacDW, which is basically just my gamer tag. So it was very uninspired. Um, <laughs> so you can, you can follow me on there. Um, and just that, that link to my main Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, you can, you can find me on there. I haven't been very active lately, but I'll, I'll try. I'm sure in the coming weeks with all these games coming out, I'll, I'll be there giving my opinion on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I've been that guy Drinkle. We'll obviously be tagged in the Twitter as well. But thanks for joining me, Carl, and thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.